0: Do you want to live freely and lightly in your purpose and passion? More than ever, we need to learn to live in rhythms that help move us forward. Welcome to the Exhale Podcast. This is Holly Newton, founder of Exhale Women, and I am your host. Annalise Lillard, Annette Yanez, and Cassie Cooper are joining me again for Season 2. We need God's rhythms of grace to live in His strength. What He builds, He sustains. We can't do it without Him. We are talking about the word Purpose here in season two, and we have incredible guests joining us to share inspiration, wisdom, encouragement, and practical advice. I'm your host, Holly Newton, and welcome to the Exhale Podcast. Welcome back to the Exhale Podcast. This is Holly Newton, and I am your host. I'm here today with Annalise Lillard, Annette Yanez, and Cassie Cooper. And today, we are interviewing my dear friend, Ginger Ravella. Ginger lives in Franklin, Tennessee. She's a military wife and widow, mother of five, stepmother of two, writer, and international speaker. She is someone very dear to my heart, and I cannot wait to get this conversation started with her. Hey, Ginger, Welcome.
1: Hey, Holly. Hey, ladies. Good to be here today.
0: It's so good, to We actually are getting to see you because we're doing this on video. So it's good to see your face and hear your voice. So, um, Ginger, you know, this season we're talking about the word purpose. And um, I invited you on here because I know that... Your words and your story are going to encourage so many because you have overcome and navigated a lot of twists and turns in your life. So would you share, first of all, share a little bit more about who you are and what's going on in your life right now.
1: Well, I live in Franklin, Tennessee, which is uh, where I met Holly, and um, I said, I, I love Texas, I'm a Texas girl, so the only state I will share Holly Newton with is Texas. So um, but we, uh, we've lived in Tennessee for a couple of years, just felt the Lord bringing us here uh, for his calling and, and still kind of uh, you know un- unwrapping that. Uh, we have uh, seven children all together my husband Jim and I and uh, we do have kind of a broken road of of how we became a family which I'll I'll tell more about but um, I am a writer and a speaker and and also an interior designer a little bit on the side and uh, mainly just just trying to you know do things for the kingdom and raise a family and uh, and it, it's just a it's a real pro- privilege to be able to share a little bit about our story which is really God's story anyway right all of our stories are God's stories Yes,
0: awesome. Well, let's jump in. So, where do you want to start?
1: Well, I um, I grew up, uh, like I said, in New Mexico and Texas, and I married my college sweetheart. His name was Troy Gilbert, and he was just a, the most handsome thing I'd ever seen when I met him in college in Texas, and his dream was to be an Air Force fighter pilot he had grown up in the military. I had not. So it was a new, a, a new adventure for me. And I was always about new adventures, but I, I grew up a lot. I will say <laughs> our first assignment was overseas. We lived in England and, um, and he, uh, he just, he loved, uh, he loved serving this nation. And, uh, and I was proud to stand by him and really, truly, um, I always say, you know, the military families, uh, are some of the most amazing families I've ever met. And, um, and who I am is really kind of, I feel like sometimes a, a compilation of, of all of uh, the, the people and the places that, that we got to, to know and experience. And um, so Troy and I, uh, we had the privilege of being married for 13 years. And uh, in that time, we had five children and we moved uh, 11 times and uh, he, uh, he left for Iraq. He, he volunteered to go to Iraq in uh, September of 2006. Well, volunteer in the military. Is a general says, I'd really like for you to go, <laughs> and so you say yes, but um, he wasn't supposed to deploy that assignment. We were stationed in Phoenix, Arizona. He was an instructor pilot, and he was also working for President Bush, and so it really wasn't a deployable um, assignment, but uh, the general that he worked for in Phoenix, uh, at Luke Air Force Base, went to Iraq. And so he took him with him. And um, at the time that he left, we had five children who were eight, six, three, and twins that were six months old. And so it really wasn't a great time uh, for me to um, be a single mom. But, you know, in in, in my head, I was like, yeah, i I was, I can do this. This is four and a half months and um, it'll be over soon enough. I'll make it through two holidays and, you know, kids birthday and, and, and then I'll be on the other side of it. And uh, you know, I just uh, couldn't have ever prepared for um, finding out three months later, just on a Monday morning, right after Thanksgiving, uh, when I got a knock at the front door that uh, that Troy would not be coming home and that his uh, F-16 had gone down in a combat mission Uh, west of Baghdad earlier that day and it had hit the news and um I I remember answering the door and just you know for a split second wondering why they were there and um and then when they came in and told me uh that that he had crashed and but they hadn't been able to get into the crash site I I held on to hope that um that he had survived he was an amazing fighter pilot he was there to teach the guys how to fly in combat and um and uh, so when they came back to my house eight hours later and, and told me really unthinkable news, I was I was um, taken to my knees. And it was that uh, once they got into the crash site, uh, Troy's body had been taken by Iraqi insurgents, um, probably the ones that he was targeting. Uh, he had he had uh, come in on a, a surveillance mission. Uh, some special operators had called in over the radio, screaming, "You know anybody overhead? We need you to help us." They had had a crash landing in there a uh, Blackhawk. And, um, and so he saved all of their lives, 60 guys, 20 in that special operations unit and 40 in a cavalry unit that was trying to get in to save them. And um, he took out an enemy truck and, um, but it was that second enemy truck uh, where he was focused on, on uh, taking them out that he, he lost his life. And, and so, uh, you know, our private family pain uh, became front page, CNN, Fox News. And uh, I was 36 years old. And I, uh, I felt like the Lord had really just, um, he had, he had shattered every hope and dream and plan that I had. Um, Troy was the love of my life. He was an amazing father and husband and uh, served the Lord so faithfully. He was such a light uh, in the fighter pilot community. And um, you know, we were, he was the welcome ministry <laughs> guy at church and we had taught parenting classes. I mean, I just felt like, Lord, this was not our deal. Like he, I was serving you and you in turn, were going to keep us together and keep us safe. And, um, and that was not a, that wasn't, that wasn't true thinking on my part. That wasn't ever the promise that God had given me was for a pain free life. And, um, but I will tell you, it was a lot of dark days, um, especially that first year of just, uh, really just praying that the Lord would take me and all the kids home because I didn't see a way out. And I was always the, the positive girl, you know, I was, I was the rah-rah girl. And I, I, um, I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't pull it together. And um, with all of my, you know, Christian bootstraps, I couldn't pull them up hard enough. And, uh, and so the Lord really, uh, in that journey of of anxiety and depression and and insomnia, and um, he, he led me to him in a way that I don't, I don't know that I would have ever been led without, uh, without the loss of Troy. And, uh, it was confirmed that that Troy had been killed upon impact because of DNA at the crash site, um, some skull fragments that that they knew he could not have survived without. But um, but his body was not recovered and wouldn't be for um, for ten years, and so uh, so it wasn't all wrapped up in, in a bow uh, right away. But um, yeah, that's in a nutshell uh, the journey of of how I how I um, started the second chapter of my life.
0: You know, um, every time I hear you tell the story, ah, I can't help but tear up. Um, Thank you for uh, your family service, Nation, Ginger. And before we go forward with the questions, um, I think Annalise has a question for you first. But before we go forward, you know, I just really do want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you guys have done for our nation um there are so many stories out there and and you you bring such hope and light um to the women who have lost husbands and who have experienced loss in so many ways Um, so thank you and i I just didn't want to go forward without saying that and um we've had the honor of sitting with you and jim and hearing it around the table and that that's really truly one of the honors in our lives um with having you guys as friends so we've we've Thank had um, a first hand little peek you know in into what goes on some of the unimaginable that we didn't know because we're not military families but we honor you and i'm grateful for you sharing your pain and victories to help encourage others. I know it's not easy, even after all of these years. I know it's not easy, but you've grown forward from it and you've moved forward. So I I just wanted to say that right. So I digress, but it's actually not a true digression. (laughs) So anyway, okay. so I'm sorry. Here we go again. So Annalise. Did you have a question for
2: her? Yeah, Ginger, what an honor to hear your story firsthand from you. I've heard it um, through the grapevine, if you will, from my mom or from following you on Instagram. And um, I just thank you for yielding your story before the Lord and letting him, being putty in his hands, essentially. Um, I know that it comes with burden and blessing. So I'm excited to ask you this question. Um, it's kind of loaded, but it's a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> what if any, in hindsight, how do you see now that God was preparing you for your future?
1: You know, I um, I feel like always I, I was I was a person that was created to um, love change. Um, I I've always been kind of open to new things and new ideas, and I think the military taught me that um that there's so much more out uh, outside of our little bubbles that we live in. Um, there's all over the world, there's just God's people and God's creation. And so I think, um, I think he prepared me for uh, just, um, you know, like starting new things over. Um, But I also feel um, like he really gave me a nest uh, in Phoenix, Troy and I and the kids. Uh, Our church was, it was, the most phenomenal church I've ever been a part of the body of Christ was just healthy and alive. And, um, and we, uh, we were, we were just held by them. I mean, I didn't move back to Texas after Troy was gone uh, to my family and uh, because I felt like God had just prepared for us a safe and soft and sturdy nest. And so I'm thankful for that. So he was kind of preparing me and uh, he was preparing the outside of my surroundings, which I think a lot of, us, you know, can look back and go, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that was what God was setting us up for. But, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I won't say that I was uh, ever prepared to be a single mom, even though I'd felt like I'd lived through deployments and, you know, TDYs and all these uh, crazy things, but uh, I I wasn't prepared for that. But then the Lord, you know, he, he, he provides and I've watched him provide just like he says in the word that for the orphan and the widow and over and over again, he's defended me when, um, when I couldn't defend myself. He's, cared for my children when I couldn't care for them. And, uh, so I, am I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful that, um, that he carried us, that he carried us through. So I didn't have to be as, as prepared as I thought I needed to be because, um, I, I, I got that along the way, but I'm thankful for the foundation of, of him in my life of faith. I, I don't know. Um, I, I would not have made it without him. I, I am confident of that. And I don't really know how, uh, anyone walks through unthinkable circumstances. I know you know that well, Annalise, without um, the hope that we have in Christ and the hope that this is not all there is um, because this is a hard world full of pain and full of suffering. So, um I do look uh, for eternity in a new way uh, that I, I probably didn't before. Um, I, I'd welcome it <laughs> at any moment. Um, but yet, you know, I know that every day that God gives me here in this life, uh, He's ordained for me, and every Troy's thirty-four years was ordained for him. So, trying to live that out um, to the best that that I can with His help. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's amazing how you can be kind of catapulted into this moment in your life where it's like, there's no way to be prepared for that. Yeah, um, no. But yet God, with His Word being fully alive, we can look back at moments, I guess, leading up to those seasons and see the way it just translates across the board and carries us through. And suddenly we, you know, we're in it. I'm here yeah. just... Walking your way through the valley and God's word meets you there. So yeah, that's really good. Thank you so
3: much for sharing. Thanks. Yeah. And I mean, even talking about uh, just the word of the Lord sustaining us through that. I mean, you talked a lot about even just in the last few sentences, you said ginger, just how he was your defender and your provider. And um, you saw him in a, probably a really new light than you had ever seen him before. Um, do you feel like you saw his word in a new light? Was there a scripture that maybe really sustained you through that season? Do you feel like that scripture is still meaningful to you? Has it changed, you know, in the years since then?
1: You know, I remember, I remember way back early in my probably late twenties, somebody asked me, Oh, what's your life verse? You know? And I think at that point, I mean, I'd been a believer my whole life, but I hadn't hadn't probably dug nearly as deep as, as I should have, or I have now. And, and I remember there, there's a verse in Proverbs that says like, a joyful heart makes a cheerful countenance. So, yeah, I remember kind of like throwing that out. And, and then, um, you know, now all these years later, walking through a lot of uh, unforeseen circumstances and a lot of just, a lot of heartache and a lot of growth uh, in the midst of all that, uh, I would, unequivocally say that my favorite scripture is John 16, 33, um, which says, I've told you these things that in me, uh, you may have peace because in this world, uh, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so I think that's a, a scripture for for all of us, but for, especially for these times too, you know, just um, as we look around and, and if, if you're holding on to uh, the hope that this life gives and and that people give or leaders give or circumstances give, you'll be sorely uh, disappointed. And, and I think you'll find yourself without hope. And so um, he, he has, uh, he has told me these things. I tell you, um, you know, when I remember, one of the really, really um, hard, hard days, and just kind of you know my face on the floor, uh, just weeping and weeping and weeping in my bedroom, um, you know, all the little kids uh, out in, in our house, um, hearing babies cry and and just just being like, Lord, this is this is not I can't do this. I mean you've asked too much of me. And, um, and I remember it wasn't that he gave me like, Hey, this is the plan. This is the exit strategy. This is when you're going to feel better. But I remember just feeling, I can feel it right now. His presence so heavy, like I was on my face and he was on my back and, and he just wept with me and I, it's, um, can't say I hear the word, you know, the the words from the Lord all the time, um, clearly, or, but I'll never forget how that felt that he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to give you the answer, but I am the answer. And, um, and he, he proved that over and over again, when I, I didn't have, I think if any of us have, like, the Lord reveals, you know, sort of like, Hey, this is the date this is going to end. And this is, uh, this is how I'm going to finish this work. And then I think we would just live for that day. We wouldn't have to rely on, uh, faith and trust in him for, um, the next minute, which I remember feeling that way, like, Lord, I don't think I can make it to the next minute without you. And, um, and I I am thankful now that he didn't, um, that he didn't give me a magic number, you know, or, um, or maybe a a recipe for uh, the way out of the valley. He just was with me in the valley.
3: Wow. And I think that's such a word for, I mean, I know that's a word for me. And I think that's a word for everybody that's listening, that you know, we are, we do experience trouble in the world. I mean, turn on the news. (laughs) It's pretty obvious. And, and some people might, you know, hear your story or, or stories of others or see what's happening in the world today and say, well, I'm not having trouble like that, but we all experience trouble. That's something that's very real to each of us, but that's such a good word that it's not about, you know, the day it's not about the action steps to get us to, you know, when things are going to be right again. It's about the fact that, the presence of the living God is with us that he knows. And that's all that matters. All we have to do is sit close to him and take the next step as he shines light on it. And he gives us that peace and that rest in the moment. And just to, to continue to invite him in because that's, that's what he's looking for is that invitation to relationship, not for us to just say, you know, um, I'll stick with you until I know the plan. It's that invitation to relationship that he's looking for.
1: Correct. Yeah.
4: I love that um, picture, almost that feeling of Jesus saying, I'm not giving you an answer. I am the answer because it's almost like we have to give in to him every day to know today, what are you answering for me? And I just, I heard something this morning talking about a lot of times when we surrender It's not that we're going to just come to God and say, I'm giving you my strength. I'm going to give you my best qualities and let's do something together. It's more just surrendering and saying, I need you and I'm going to have more faith because I'm letting go than striving. And so with that idea, I just can't help to think like, okay, so daily we need to probably be surrendering and submitting, but I think there's probably moments in time like listening to your story, you probably had some days where you really surrendered, really had to submit. But in our day to day, how does that look? Like, how do you stay intentional to kind of stay in that that um, posture of surrender or that posture of submitting to Jesus?
1: Well, I, um, you know, I I think we all reevaluate that, you know, over and over again in our lives. And I think the new year is a great time uh, to do that. Like, okay, Lord, how can I be more intentional? Because um, like many of you and many of your listeners, you know, we're, we're, we live in a a frantic, busy world. And so we can kind of like, how many of us, you know, at the end of the day are like, wow, where did I make room for the Lord in this day? I made room for a lot of other things and a lot of other people, But, um, so I think intentionality, uh, and for me, you know, I, I just like just ordered a new Bible. I, do I have 50 Bibles? Yes, I do. (laughs) But did I feel like I got, I'm going to get a new one with a fresh plan and fresh eyes and fresh commentary. And, um, and I'm, I'm working on, you know, some organization of my space, being a designer, I like things to be beautiful. So I'm kind of redoing a room and trying to kind of just, set the stage for like, okay, I just, I need, I need, sometimes we just need a little bit of um, oxygen, you know, breathed into uh, our routine to say, okay, Lord, you are my priority and I need to treat you as such. And, and so, you know, I think when, what I found is, you know, it's when things are easy is, is when that's harder to do when you're desperate, when you are totally, um, at your last uh your your last measure you know when you're holding on to the last little bit of the rope uh, it's it's very it very becomes very simple all the other things fall away <laughs> and it becomes you and Jesus and uh, i think it's when our life gets super comfy and a little bit more predictable and a little bit more happy that, uh, we tended to, he's, he's on, he's, we push him out to the fringes. So I, I'm working on uh, that this year because I, um, I do, we do a ministry for widows and uh, we do retreats, um, for widows. And so, uh, I, I remember, um, we were in kind of a meeting, uh, with some of our, our other widows that are leaders and and uh, some of the the younger widows had, had kind of circled around us and and our prayer our out loud prayer was like lord help us put ourselves back in that place of being so desperate for you and hurting so bad for these ladies and i remember one of them said i heard you pray that and I, I can't imagine ever being to the place where I'd have to pray to remember how this darkness feels. And I said, well, that hopefully that gives you hope <laughs> to know that that this isn't going to be forever. You're, the darkness isn't going to stay. Um, but I think we all need that. Like, Lord, take me back to the places where I was so desperate for you because I need to be that way every day. I don't want to end up having to be in, in a tragedy <laughs> to to be in that place with you, Lord. I want to, I want to need you like that every day. But it's it's that's making it a priority in our lives. So I'm, I'm working on that along with everybody else for sure. I think
4: that's so good. And, and kind of almost we can look back now when we talk about purpose. Maybe we don't know what the purpose of some of our um, bad days are, but now we can take that hope what you're sharing or now what you're saying we can take and say, okay, at minimum, this is this is bringing me to the feet of Jesus because I desperately need you, and what a great place to be at. Um, and I, you know, I think it's in Matthew, right, that says, "Blessed are those who are persecuted." And I think it's probably because that you find yourself at the feet of Jesus more, and that's what makes us blessed to be at that's his. That's true. View.
1: I think you know. I think our purpose comes probably in three different ways that's how I look at it I think our purpose um we have purpose in our pain like we've been talking about I think there's purpose in the practical which sometimes isn't as glamorous uh, right it's raising kids it's doing laundry it's um helping a neighbor it's it's the things that that maybe aren't aren't always um Maybe the light spotlight isn't shining on you, but you're making a huge difference in somebody's life, opening your home to somebody who needs a place to stay or, you know, just the practical things. There's purpose in that. And I don't think we need to uh, feel like that's a lesser purpose because I think there's in the kingdom, I think we'll, we'll get to heaven someday. And the Lord will be like, it wasn't when you were on the stage in front of thousands of people that I was so proud of you. It was when you did that unseen thing, um, that like the kindness that you offered somebody. Uh, And so I think, I think it can come through practical things. And then I think ultimately, yeah, it can definitely come through our passions. And so I feel um, I got to, I got to do speak in front of uh, a lot of crowds for a lot of years to raise money for military families. And I got to share Troy's story. Uh, I got to help, I think, um, encourage a, a country to embrace patriotism because of the sacrifice um, that that our country is built upon and, and the sacrifices that continue to this day through military families. And that was it was a passion for me. And then I watched in the last couple of years, the Lord kind of moved me a little bit out of that vein, not totally, but a little bit more out of that vein and more into this um Ministry with widows, just going back to the heart of, of real, tangible um, ways to to help someone who I absolutely know what they're walking through. I walked through it myself, and and that's a different type of ministry. It's it's maybe not as um, showy, uh, but it it is it. I I can't tell you how much I feel like this is absolutely my purpose right now is to love and be near to the heart of a, of a broken, um, a broken widow. And so, um, I think we all just have to go no matter where we're at, whether it's, it's in the painful times, whether it's in the practical times or whether it's in, uh, just the passionate, you know, wonderful, uh, uh moments that we can, uh, and sometimes they happen all three at once, right. <laughs> uh, that we can go, Lord, you are making a, a away you are you are going to use me if i just open my hands to you and say i'm willing i'm here i am lord send me right um as as your servant so uh, i think i want to encourage everybody all the listeners in in that is that i don't feel like my life doesn't have purpose right now because i I did that I, i i i saw i believe that lie from satan I think it is a lie from Satan. Uh, when Troy was gone, and I'm sitting there with these five little kids, like, where is the purpose? I'm not a military. Wife, I'm not a pilot's wife. We're not. We're not. We're not serving. You know, like we were. I could barely make it to church, much less do ministry at church. I felt so purposeless, and yet the Lord was like, "My purpose in this right now is to grow you and to heal you, and and for you know, for you to just maybe just to." just depend on me for everything. That's the purpose in that. So anyway, I just, I think that's something that we can all, uh, we can all remember right now in this season of new and starting over is like, Lord, and if you don't know what your purpose is, ask him to show you and he will, I promise he will.
0: Wow. 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 Ginger, that is so incredibly inspiring. Um, Even to me today, you're speaking to my heart. (laughs) So good. Um, You know, I love it. I love all of what you said. But um, backing up a few minutes ago when you said, you know, if we knew what's ahead, we wouldn't have to rely on God. And that is so true. And I think, you know, in our finite minds, we just want to know the outcome. But if we knew the outcome, there'd be no reason (laughs) for communicating with God every day, right? And he he cre- we've talked about this this season already how he created us to be with him. It's not to work for him, but it's to work with him. Mm-hmm. And um, I just yeah, some real gold in this whole conversation and thank you for sharing your heart. There's so much more I want to ask you on here that I know the answers to, but I want everybody else to know. But For the purposes of this show, I can't (laughs) because we're almost out of time, but I do want to talk about your book, Hope Found. There's a whole story there and how you met your current husband, Jim, who was also um, a fighter pilot, and tell us a little bit, just a little snippet about your book, Ginger. Uh, This is a book, if you're hearing my voice, you will want to read um, it's a continuation of the story and super encouraging. So tell us a little bit about your book, how it came to be and where we can find it.
1: Well, thanks Holly. Um, yeah, it is, I have it right here, but I know y'all aren't only, you can see it, but, uh, it it is, it's called Hope Found, and uh, the subtitle is When Life Isn't All You Hoped It Would Be, God Is. And Jim and I wrote it together. I, did, uh, I won't give all that away, but it is in the book. I met another Air Force fighter pilot who would lost his wife to breast cancer. And uh, they had two boys, and uh, just the Lord threw us into this, um, same boat and we just were like, okay, Lord, um, we're kind of a modern day Brady bunch, but we are, wasn't, this wasn't our plan, either one of us, uh, we were both happily married and, um, um, but, but in, in our journeys of just meeting and, and sharing our stories and, and then falling in love and getting married, you know, we both realized the Lord had taught us so many of the same things in two very different ways. His wife, um, had a very long-term battle with cancer four and a half years. And, uh, in the worm, you know, like I said, my mine, mine changed in, in the blink of an eye and, but yet the Lord, his truths, his promises, his faithfulness, um, it, all of the things, uh, that, that, that we learned through those journeys were so much the same. So that was why we wrote the book. Um, It's a, it's a dual voice book. So it's half written by Jim, half written by myself. Uh, So I think men and women will both uh, be able to relate and, and, Everybody, uh, I think so many people have been touched by uh, disease and sickness, um, as well as just a sudden tragic uh, loss. And so, um, and and really, you don't even have to have necessarily walked through either one of those. This book is written for anyone who's just wrestling with like, Lord, you know, what are you going to do? How can you redeem something that it seems so unredeemable? And uh, what are some steps that I can do, some practical ways that I can cling to you? uh in in, and grow and become better and not bitter because bitter is the easier route when you've walked through something um so crushing and 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 you feel like god has just disappointed you that that's what this book is about that god actually will not ever disappoint you life will disappoint you but not god
0: love it love it so where's the best place we can find your book
1: so you can find them on uh, Amazon or Barnes and Noble, anywhere books are sold. Or if you reach out to me uh, on Instagram, you can DM me. We'd love to send you a signed copy. Uh, Ginger on Instagram, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been great to just uh, watch watch people. Um, just be, be helped minister to. It's got questions at the end of each chapter, because I think it's important uh, to just start talking about things that maybe people you shove them and you think they're going to go away um, hurts and, and lies we believe. And, uh, and so I think this book definitely will help you maybe start having some conversations uh, even with yourself and with the Lord, like be, you know, to be honest about what we walked through so that we can find uh, healing and hope on the other side. Yeah, that's great.
0: And I love those signed copies. <laughs> I love <laughs> to get those signed copies. <laughs> you know, y'all connect with her on Instagram, ginger um, at ginger.gilbert.ravella. And it's also in the podcast description today. Ginger, thank you so much for sharing your heart. Um, sharing your hard-won wisdom and your journey with us. It truly has been encouraging and inspiring. Thanks,
1: Holly, so much. I love love what you're doing. Love Exhale. Can't wait to be a part of more of the fun and exciting things that you have in store for the future. Yes, I'm excited. Excited to have you along. (laughs) Love you, friend. (laughs) Love you. Okay, thank you.
0: And thank you guys for listening. Um, Be sure to check out the description for all the resources today and we will um, see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We are here for you. You can find me super easy at Holly A. Newton on Instagram and Holly Newton Official on Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and hear how the show is encouraging you. And let's help others find the show so that they can also be encouraged in their purpose and passions. There's a couple of ways you can do that. One by subscribing and another is by rating and reviewing the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And two, you can even screenshot sharing your stories text it to your friends and family and be sure to tag me at Holly A Newton on the socials so we can connect